1: We are fiduciaries, and we are also, we have certified financial planners in our firm. I'm a certified financial planner, and there's three other people in my office that are certified. I also have an attorney uh, that's also certified that's in our office. He just joined our firm in January. His name is Jeremiah Lee. So we provide estate planning services through a separate corporation that he has set up called Tricord Legal Services. But at the end of the day, a wealth management firm, we have the three basic pillars of finance and of wealth management. That is financial planning, estate planning, and tax planning. If you'd like to know more about what we do and how we provide this service to our clients and potentially to you, give us a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Now, every week, what I do is I divide my program into three parts. The first part is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now in the first segment of the program today in retirement update, if you're listening to me and you're approaching retirement or you're at retirement, you know what one of the things that I'm seeing a lot, and I'm at that, you know, knocking on that door, so to speak, because of my age, and a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I rub shoulders with have either already retired or are, or are retiring. But I also have a lot of people that are my age or older that are still continuing to work, and they don't see themselves retiring. In fact, they see retirement as kind of a negative thing, not a positive thing. And so statistically, what we're seeing is that seniors are working longer, and this statistic is becoming more evident in the job market. So as unemployment continues to be driven lower, Companies are willing to go to people that are more experienced, but are also older. And for some, this is like a second career. Now, they're not looking for the same benefits. They're not looking for the same economics. What they're looking for is a little more freedom. They're looking for challenges that will stimulate them every day. And what we're seeing is a trend that is moving towards staying continually engaged in the employment structure. Now, that doesn't mean that you stay working with the company that you're working with right now, but it does mean that you you have options, you have availability. But one of the things that I talk a lot about with my clients is as we approach this retirement or what their perception of the retirement is, first of all, change the language, change the term from retirement to transition. Because retirement has a finality to it. It has like almost dropping off a cliff kind of mentality. But if you go to retirement, you go to that date, if you say, what am I transitioning to? It starts to now have a different perspective. It has a bridge rather than a cliff. And what I'm trying to talk to people about right now is that retirement in and of itself is kind of a negative concept because it, it really puts your mortality right in front of you. Whereas if you transition because you now have financial liberty, you have the financial freedom to do some of the things that maybe you just didn't have the ability to do prior. But because you don't have debt on your home, because you don't owe any money, you've got adequate savings, you've got good pensions, you've got Social Security, you've got all these benefits economically, you can be pickier, you can be much choosier about what you do going forward. So the first thing I would suggest to people is you try on retirement first. Try it on by taking a break. If you have the ability to do, let's, let's say, like a sabbatical, and you, you transition slowly into retirement or into this timeline, time in your life, but you do it a little bit of time. Take a month off. Take two months off. Take a couple weeks off. You know Maybe your job doesn't allow you to do that, but if you talk to your employer about it, maybe your employer is really concerned about you exiting. And there would make a lot of changes or, or revisions in how they would structure your time with them if, they, if you only would talk to them about it. But what I'm saying is try on retirement. Also, the other thing is you need to adapt and evolve. And what this means is that you need to get a better education. And the biggest obstacle that I find for most people that are in their 60s and early 70s is technology technology seems to be a stumbling block I've, I've known a lot of people who have left business because they're just i'm tired i'm tired of the computer updates the software learning this i i, I haven't even learned the thing they had before and now they want me to learn this new thing so again you need to adapt, and you need to evolve. Technology is going to be a part of our lives more and more, and there's a way in which you can learn. There's college courses. There's other, there's other creative ways that you can go back and learn, and you can sit down one-on-one or in a small classroom and get a much better understanding of how this technology is going to be utilized within your life personally and professionally as you go forward. So therefore, I think what you need to do is kind of, again, go back, try on retirement, but you need to adapt and to evolve into this next transition. And there's going to be a timeline where that you're going to say, this is what I like. In other words, the adapt and the evolve, maybe what you're going to do going forward has nothing to do with what you've done in the past. Maybe you've been involved with a company in an administrative role or a operational role. You'll come out. I've had a lot of people go out and they'll go back to school and they go back and they find that they really like education, but also the other side of it, they like teaching. They become part of a organization where they teach and not just teach children, but teach adults. And they feel like there's a good contribution to their life, and to what they're contributing to other people. Decisions should be made based upon not necessarily what is good for you, but what is good for other people, how you can serve other people. And you also need to do repeated reinvention. This world is changing fast. It's fast and furious. But at the same point in time, if you just hang on and you step back from all this and you say, how can this benefit me and the people around me? So therefore what you do is you maintain a perspective that allows you to get into this time frame of your life and it will not only give you purpose but it will give you a goal in front of you that will guide you and keep you young at heart as well as in mind. Now clearly one of the most important things that you have to do is you have to maintain your health. And you know again at the end of it debt is the killer. If you step into retirement and you have a lot of debt, you still haven't really retired. You have to maintain that debt as you go into retirement. You have to reduce your standard of living. So therefore, it's really, really important that you structure your life financially so you have the financial freedom, even if that means enduring a couple more years of work other than what you thought you could do. But getting to that point of time where you have financial freedom is critically important and also you maintain your health. Do not forget that exercise and eating right and doing all those things are going to benefit you for the long term, not just the short term. I'd like to sit down and talk with you. If you're facing retirement and it's getting close and it's knocking on the door, you can hear the voice in the background, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. I've talked for several weeks now about passive versus active investing. And I want to kind of go deeper into the whole process. You know, there, there's a lot of mental mistakes that active investors make. And what I hear again and again is there is a methodology or there's a process or if I just know this, I'm going to come out ahead. You know, and I think I think the, uh, the thing is, is that it's how you frame the issue. First of all, you know, if whatever your business is, whatever your skill is that you've learned, whether you be a doctor, a dentist, a cabinet maker, a plumber, you typically build on the knowledge that you have. So therefore, you are should be better as you get older and more experienced in your line of profession. But when it comes to investing, it is it is a competitive environment. And so when you buy something, you're buying from somebody who equally believes on the other side that it's time to sell that thing. So you have competing forces that you don't have when you are a plumber, let's say, for example. You know, the pipes don't compete against you. You know, you might have a better, better uh, material. You may have a better outcome because you've learned it, but typically they don't compete directly against you. But when you go to do investing, that's exactly what happens. And you have these forces and they call it the market. I always love it. The market did this. It's like they talk about this third person out there that has like, it's all knowledge and all knowing and all capable. But what it is, is the collective knowledge and the actions of everybody in the trading. So for example, uh, we've talked a lot about and studied a great deal about behavioral finance. And this is a big part of. A lot of what analysts look at now and is that how people react to news? You get um, Jerome Powell, who is the Federal Reserve Chairman, and there are computer. Uh, how do you want to say this? They basically they take the words and they analyze the words to see if there's a double meaning. That's why that the Federal Reserve's they use words that typically you don't hear in the common conversation because what they're trying to do is to uh, offset. And, give, and don't give advantage to anybody based upon how they feel or what they're thinking. But it goes along with the advantage of, you know, what, what an active manager is looking for. And oftentimes, they will pick up the wrong signals. And only time is going to give them the information, you know, were they right or were they wrong. So therefore, again, in the years that I've been in this business, you know, i I. I I really wrestle with panic pushers. The people that are pushing something where you need to run to safety and I've got this I've got this snake oil. I've got this product that's going to protect you no matter what. And I I really I really push back on that because there is no such thing. When you live life and you invest money, there is risk. Now if you have if you're fortunate enough to have so much money that you don't care about risk anymore, and the and the meager amount of interest that bank accounts will give you or bonds will give you, and if you can live well on that, then God bless you i don't, I don't I'm not really t- going to take that away but for the vast majority of the people, they don't have the benefit of having millions and millions and millions of dollars at work with them at at meager interest. They aren't somebody that has to invest every single year and they have to invest wisely now as well as is you know, well, there's heading up to retirement, but also as beyond retirement. And so the question is, is how do you do that? Now, the passive side of it has been a tremendous amount of advantage for the last 10 years. But these trends don't last forever. And if you go back historically, you will look at trends and they will end. At some point in time, you'll see a trend end and there's a changeover. Our job is to look at the macroeconomics and determine where those trends are. Now, one of the big macro events occurred in November of 2016, because with the election of Donald Trump, you had a huge macro event. And that macro event wasn't so much that he had the political clout to change all the, all the, the economy, but he had the administrative ability to reduce regulations. He had the administrative ability to open up lands for development he had the administrative ability to do some things that he didn't need legislative support for and he moved forward on that and that became a macro event and the general stock market started to take notice now the negative as well as the positive he is a populist so therefore he's very well centered into the united states he's made his comment he says i'm not the president of the world he says, i'm a president of the united states with that comment what you're getting is a good understanding of his thinking and how he's going to direct his actions. That has a direct impact upon the kind of companies and the investments that are going to do better under that particular regime than on somebody else. Let me go back to Barack Obama. Barack Obama was a globalist. He, he saw globalization as better. So therefore, the decisions that he made was going to have an effect on those companies that were worldwide in their provision. Whereas Donald Trump has decisions on those companies that are going to be more nationally oriented, not, not internationally oriented at the same point in time, they're not going to change dramatically the outcome because, you know, Adam Smith in his book called, you know, the, the wealth of the nations, he talks about the invisible hand. And that means that company presidents, as I sit down and talk with, With investors, I said, do you think the head of this company, the CEO, and you could pick any company out there that's a Fortune 500 company, do you think those people are stupid? Do you think they don't know what's going on? They don't know what's going on with interest rates and currency issues and political environment and inflation. You don't think that they have hired a lot of people to give them really good information about their competition, the cost of delivery, all of these things? Of course they do. They're they're smart people. They're also extremely competitive. And they're competitive because they literally devote their life to the success of that company. Not only do they get, get well compensated if the company does well, but the shareholders do well also. But at the other end of the day, I always tell people it's a very competitive environment. And this is what makes up the market. The market is the collective energies of literally millions of people that are involved with this. Now, you can just go with that general trend, or you can be selective on how you're going to, you're going to become involved with those investments, how you're going to be involved with the macroeconomics. And that's what we do because every market has a cyclical structure to it. It has seasons to it. And there's times when you want to emphasize more safety, and there's times when you want to emphasize more growth. And it's just like I always tell you, be a good farmer. You need to, know to put, you need to know when to put the seed in the ground, and you also need to know when to harvest. This is probably a good time to take some harvest. We're not moving into winter yet, but we're probably in the fall. We're in the latter end of the season, and it's a good time to take some harvest off the table, to take some profits and reinvest those in areas that are going to be a little bit safer, a little bit more secure as we move into the next year or two. I don't know what the seasons are going to be. I don't know the length of this season. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I do know that if you look at the horizon, it's probably a good time to take some profits. If you'd like to know more about how we look and how we manage assets, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember, we are a fiduciary. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use.
0: It's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the
1: answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. I hope that you are going to vote... In March, in the primaries, March the third, one of the uh, items on the ballot is this Prop 13 bond. And what I have I have to tell you, what really upsets me about this is the fact that the majority of the legis legislator passed this thing to put it on the ballot, and that includes Republicans as well as Democrats. And when you dig deep into this, um, into this, into this referendum, into this whole thing, this bond issue. It, it ought to get every single person upset because at the core of it, how they pay for it, how they pay for this thing is it's going to be paid for by increasing property taxes, which is, which is the exact opposite of what they're telling you. But at the end of the day, it allows the school districts to assess for their cost of this bond in as much as over 2%. And so you look at your property tax bills, what you pay based on assessed value, but you have all these add-ons. So this is a way, this is an end around to get around the Prop 13. Now, I'm all in favor of having good education and good facilities, but I have to tell you, this really gets my ire up because this bond issue, first of all, first of all it, they're not being clearly They're not telling the truth. They're not saying this is what it's going to cost you and this is how you're going to pay for it. In other words, if every single voter understood that they're going to be increasing their property taxes or the school districts could increase that by anywhere from one to 2% on top of what you're already paying for your assessed valuation, which most of your property taxes, where do they go? They go to schools. Now, again, listen to me. What I am really upset about is that the state of California has done a poor to terrible job in allocating capital. Just think of the the high-speed rail. How many billions of dollars went into this thing and we got zero benefit? If some of this money was actually put to something that was good for the state, that benefited the state, then I would say I'm all for it. But we've had fiscal mismanagement. And this bond issue is typical of what I refer to as fiscal mismanagement. So not only does it come alongside and increase our property taxes, but it also doesn't tell you that it's mandated inside of it that all of the construction has to be union-based. Right off the bat, that increases the cost. It increases the cost. It doesn't give the school districts any latitude to be able to come out with the lowest and best cost to facilitate the increase of their facilities. Whatever it is, whether it's just remodeling or rebuilding. I'm just saying this is not a an appropriate way. And I know I'm probably spitting in the wind. It probably is not going to make any difference because the vast majority of the people, when they see a bond issue, they say, well, it doesn't mean that we're going to get any more taxes. But I'm telling you, this is going to cause more taxes. It's going to increase your property taxes. And for those of us that ever have our properties paid for, you know, this is another way to just increase the income tax that we pay. Is, in other words, it's a subtle way and it's going to those people and it's reaching out and it's making an argument is for the kids, it's for the teachers, it's for this. It gets, It pulls on your heartstrings instead of being fiscally sound and what I'm saying, being transparent, being transparent in the sense of telling us what is it going to cost? When you go to the credit card, at least down in the fine print, it tells you we're going to charge you 29% for your unpaid balance you know at least here they're at least they're honest with you on it that they hide it in the fight print here you can hardly even find it in the referendum if you'd like to have a copy of it there's an article by the wall the wall street journal but the press enterprise says reject prop 13 bond on the march ballot it helps to break that out I'd be more than happy to send you a copy give me a call at my office at 951-684-7011 and i'll be more than happy to send you out a free copy until next week folks May you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.